Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdal. You can listen to our show weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we bring to you the Bear Down Podcast. And Abdal, we have a lot to get to today because uh, we had news this morning that the Chicago Bears, even though they were supposed to practice today, the practice was canceled because the Bears had to forfeit their practice. They lose an OTA practice for some on-field conduct and contact violations that they've faced in previous workouts in the month of May. Your thoughts on the Bears' uh, news that, that broke earlier today? Well, this doesn't sound like there was a uh, like a rat or a, a leak or someone going to the NFL Players Association and be like, hey, they're making us tackle. According to Courtney Cronin on ESPN.com, Bears reporter, she says that according to sources, the NFLPA representative were present at House Hall last month for a practice, which was part of their regularly scheduled visit to each team and witnessed on-field contact. They issued a warning and continued to monitor Bears practices by requesting practice video and saw more contact after their warning. So they basically said, stop, or we're going to take away a practice. And the Bears were like, yeah, okay, we will. And they're like, all right, we'll send us video of your practice. And they did, and they still saw it. And they're like, what, what, what are you doing? We told you not to do this, so now you can't practice on Tuesday. So now they're going to practice on Wednesday, and the media will have their session tomorrow on Wednesday, and Matt Eberflus will have to address this and what happened and why it happened. And, and look, this isn't rare. Like, this happens every once in a while to to NFL teams. I mean, I, I remember the, this happening to the Ravens, whether it was last year or a couple of years ago, where they were, you know, busted for doing this as well. So, I, I mean, is it that big of a deal that you miss a day of practice because you want to get some extra hits in? I don't know. Is it the best idea to be hitting this much in practice? Again, I don't know. I mean, the, the NFL Players Association negotiated this. You should probably be following the rules, right? You would think. Uh, I feel as if, uh, well, first of all, there, there were three teams, I believe, last year that were docked for this same thing. Um, and you're right, the Ravens at one point in the last couple of years as well. I would say, to me, I, I view this as if you can go down two different paths. Uh, the first path, you can say and suggest ineptitude with the Chicago Bears overall franchise. Uh, of course, once again, in a situation where things should be buttoned up, ready to go, fresh start. We take a step back. You get caught doing something you're not supposed to be doing, and you say there's a demerit, there's a check on the new head coach, the new front office. The, it's the same old Bears. What a surprise. The Bears uh, do something that's not correct. I, I think that's one path people could go down. Yeah. I think the other path you could go down is you could suggest – that it's a team with a first-year head coach in Matt Eberflus who's eager, and they're just looking to get as m- much work done as they can here early before uh, the mandatory practices begin and before they get to the training camp at the end of the summer. So I feel like you could go to one of two ways. You could say, ah, the Bears, let me crack a joke here. They never do anything right. Insert whatever lame joke you got. Yeah. Or you could say new head coach, new organizational kind of flow chart when you look at the the front office, new players, a lot of new players, a lot of young players, mm-hmm. and and the Bears are just trying to get extra work in. And, and I get it. You're not supposed to. It's a part of the NFL's collective bargaining agreement. And if you have NFL PA representatives in the building 
and you're ignoring the collective bargaining agreement, yeah, you're going to be told you can't do it. And then when they start asking for film and they see that you're just blatantly ignoring it, yeah, you're going to be at fault. Uh, you lose today. You've also gotten some extra practice from what it sounds like. So I, I don't know if it's a, it may be a complete wash. You got the extra practice. You were docked a day in OTA. And now you can't have the day today. You'll resume tomorrow. Uh, this is the last week of OTA practices before the Bears have a three-day mandatory mini camp next week. Uh, and, and so, like, those are the two things. I would settle more on first-time head coach, not a big deal. They're just trying to get extra work, a lot of new players. I'm not really bothered by this. But I could see people being uh, out there uh, getting off their Twitter jokes, though, on, on how it's the same old Bears. Can I give you kind of option two? A or 2B, like if you have two options, this is off your option, but football guy is going to football guy. Like is like is Matt Eberflus such a hard-nosed football guy that like he just doesn't care and he got caught and he's just like, I don't care. Like we had, they had extra practices because it's a new front office and a new head coach. And when you have a new head coach, you get, ex- you get to start OTAs early. Like you get extra practices if you're a new head coach. That's something that you get. You get to yeah. go in like a week early. So because of that, Maybe he was just like, whatever, I don't care. Like, we're going to hit. Like, if you guys want to hit, we're going to hit. So he went and did it, and he's just like, okay, so then we just get an extra day off on Tuesday, and then we'll come back on Wednesday and be fine. No, I, I don't go down that path. I would say if you gave me the option of players seeing the coach pushing them too hard this early, them being like, hey, uh, NFLPA representative, do you see what's going on over here? Like this guy doesn't, <clears throat> he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, like, but that's not what, like, like he's very, very like he, aggressive here in his, uh, his hits, his hits approach. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's living up to his hits approach, isn't he? I, I, I don't think like in, and there's no reporting saying that someone, you're right. There is not a quote rat, but also it's not like hard to figure out if a team or, or players or coaches or something's going on and the representatives are in the building. People talk, players talk. Hey, wait, why are they, aren't they so, supposed to be in shells? Why are there, why are well, they wanted video? Why'd you, why didn't you just send them different video? Well, no, they probably asked for all the video. Send them different video. Send them video from last year. They won't know the difference. Trubisky's out there. Everybody else is out there. <laughs> they well, just Trubisky was there two years ago. Or two years ago. You know what I mean? There's, he's just not there. They've figured it out. They're like, oh, who, why is Nick Foles is out there? Okay, cool. All right. That's fine. No one's hitting him. No one's hitting that. All right. Well, no wrongdoing here. Is, they, is that Matt Nagy? Eh, maybe they got it wrong. No, I just don't. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, I don't care. It doesn't, it, it doesn't like, I didn't, my first thought wasn't, oh, Bears going to Bears. You know what I mean? My first thought was, he's a first-time head coach. They were doing some extra hitting. You got caught. Did they try to maybe slip one past the NFLPA? Maybe. But if you don't have players complaining about it and the NFL, play, NFL Players Association just kind of doing their job, requesting film and saying, hey, we noticed more hitting, you get docked a day. Like, this isn't, they're not taking away a draft pick. You know what I mean? Like, you took away a day of practice. It's not the end of the world. It's fine. I don't care. The uh, collective bargaining agreement, which was agreed upon between the Players Association and the team owners, live contact is prohibited during off-season workouts. 
Uh, so because of that and because the Bears were conducting live contact in these OTA practices within the month of May leading up to it, uh, and that's why they, they lost today's day of practice. Yeah, you're right. It's not a big deal. No, I don't think it is. I, I think uh, it's silly if you think you want to go down the, the path of suggesting this is the same old Bears and they can't do anything right. I think in this situation, you got caught. I don't think it's really much Matt Eberflew scheming. Like, let me let me get in there and let me get all this extra. I, I would imagine what happened is they laid out what they wanted to do. The players, a player, or maybe a couple looked around and like, this early? We're doing that? You're supposed to be hitting? And then, you know, because mo- the majority of the players are young guys. They got a lot mm-hmm. of young guys who need to make a roster. Mm-hmm. And then they say, all right, representative finds out, sees it, and they just uh, continue to go about their business, and then the Players Association reports what they saw, and then th- that's that. Yeah, I, that, that's c- kind of what I think happened, is if, if it, it would have been different if I, it would have said, according to a source, NF- NFLPA received an anonymous tip from a player that said, you know, hey, we're hitting and we shouldn't be. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Right. Then you might have guys not taking the new head coaching staff seriously, guys doing that kind of thing, where now it's just like, hey, they got tape and they said it's fine and, and that was kind of it. So they called it a day. So that's the story today. Uh, Tuesday, the Chicago Bears, they lose an OTA practice for on-field contact violations earlier in the month of May when the, uh, the previous practices under Matt Eberflus, they will resume practice uh, this week, OTAs on Wednesday. They'll also speak to the media. Abdal mentioned that. Eberflus will talk. Uh, I'm not looking for some kind of big, like, gotcha moment with the media in Eberflus. Although I would say it is interesting that you look at this whole scenario and it's not the best to be losing the practice days, even though I'm not that worried. No. It'll be interesting the way that, that the Bears spin it when they uh, do meet the media tomorrow on Wednesday. And then uh, the Bears will host a three-day mandatory minicamp next week. Uh, so we'll obviously, here on the Bear Down podcast, we'll have uh, audio from Matty Eberflus and those taking part and, and also recapping what we hear and what we see from uh, practice here on the podcast. Tuesdays and Thursdays, the Bear Down podcast here on the ESPN Chicago app. Yesterday, there was also big news in the NFL uh, around the Los Angeles Rams. Aaron Donald gets a new contract from the Rams, a big raise from the L.A. Rams in his reworked contract. So the all-pro defensive tackle, this story is from ESPN. Uh, Aaron Donald is returning to the Los Angeles Rams with a big raise. They'll make him the highest-paid non-quarterback in the NFL. The Rams reworked Donald's deal to give him $40 million raise over the last three years of his existing contract, sources have told Adam Schefter and ESPN. He's now the first non-quarterback to eclipse $30 million a year per season. Uh, the rework deal brings a total of Donald's contract to $95 million over three years. So Donald, earlier in the offseason, the Rams win the Super Bowl. Donald then comes out and says, I'm not sure. Actually, wasn't it the day of the Super Bowl that there was a report from NBC yeah. on the pregame show suggesting yeah. that if the Rams win the Super Bowl, maybe Donald will, will retire that night. Yeah, he uh, was we, thinking about it because, I mean, he's, what is he? He's in 30-something. Like, he's 
thinking about it. Yeah, but but if, if we if we really dive into what that was, he wanted more money. There was a contract he was going to need in this offseason. Uh, he sent out what what was his name, little Jack Collinsworth, out there to report a story. <laughs> That uh, he was going to retire. Mm-hmm. So then, like everyone on Super Bowl Sunday was was a, a Twitter buzz that oh, Aaron Donald, this could be his last game. They go yeah. out, they dominate in the second half. Uh, the Rams win the Super Bowl. Not He's only a that, stud. but he has the play yeah. to end the game. Stud. Where Ramsey's on the ground, absolutely, and stud. he gets Joe Burrow before he can th- try to attempt to throw a pass or whatever, effectively ending the game. And because of that, they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and so the uh, Rams win. Uh, Donald then lets this linger for some time that Aaron Donald may retire. Sometime. It's June. Well, right. Sometime. And then yesterday they agree to a deal which makes Aaron Donald the highest-paid defensive player and the highest-paid non-quarterback in the National Football League. And, and when we look at Aaron Donald and where he stacks amongst the great players in the NFL – it is interesting because I, I wonder how far you have to go down the list before you say, ah, I'm giving you all quarterbacks for worth and, and their value to a team, and then you kind of switch it to Aaron Donald. How far do you have to go down the list before you get to that point? Like most valuable or best players? Well, like best, like as far as most valuable, best players, because I think there is a breaking point with Donald where you could say he's more valuable than some quarterbacks. Well, is he he's not more valuable than Matt Stafford because they essentially had the same team. No. And then when they didn't when they added Matt Stafford, they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, no. So he's I, not as but is he a better player? I'd say he's a better player. Like if you're looking at just foot like if we were doing like a top 100 list like the NFL does every single year leading up to the the, the season, I would put Aaron Donald ahead of Matt's like Aaron Donald might be top 5. In the as far as best players go, but is he the most valuable to his team? Probably not. I, I think when you're looking at the quarterback list, you have to go down quite a way before you get to that quarterback where you're saying, you know, if we we're doing a draft right now, I would rather take Donald than the quarterback. Yeah. Right? Like, are, are we talking top 10? Are we talking top 15? Probably top 15. Because when you get to top 10 quarterbacks, like we've, we did this when we were talking about you know, uh, quarterbacks a couple weeks ago. And we were going through and talking about the guys that the Bears face and whether they're not they're a top 10 quarterback or whatever and how many of those guys the Bears face. But, like, when you have to look at, oh, the Bears have to face Aaron Donald, then that's a problem. So, to me, he's probably top 15 as far as value goes to, the, to a franchise or to a – in the NFL because they're most valuable is your quarterback, but then after that it's getting to the quarterback. So, if you're going off of that, like, obviously – you know, uh, Brady, Rodgers, Stafford, like we mentioned. Um, I would probably put Joe Burrow in there. Um, Josh Allen's in there. And then Mahomes, Mahomes Herbert. Herbert. I, I would say Derek Carr is the interesting one. Like he when might you be get, the breaking point. When you get into the conversation of Derek Carr, uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, quarterbacks like that, like Ryan Tannehill, like all three of those quarterbacks. No, I'd rather have Aaron. Donald. I think people would select Aaron Donald. Now yeah. there are guys like a Dak Prescott. I, I think that's a bit of a toss-up. I feel like you could argue Aaron Donald's the better player, mm-hmm. but you may be more valuable to to go with a quarterback like Dak Prescott, even even though Donald is clearly one of the best defensive players we've ever seen in the league. You still need a quarterback, and a guy who could be top 10 might be more valuable than a guy who's just the best defensive player in the league. Dak's always the cutoff, right? 
Like you're either above Dak or you're below Dak. Like I feel like that's the line. No, the below NFL. Dak's on uh, Bravo. Okay. I yes, I understand that. But I'm saying like like Dak, when we get to the the best quarterbacks in the league, isn't Dak like the the cutoff? Well, let me ask you this. Lamar Jackson. Oof. Is Lamar Jackson Ooh. more valuable to the Ravens or would it be Aaron Donald? Well, I mean, you could could you sub out Dak and Lamar? And no, the, and it Le- would be, Lamar's, Lamar's a better quarterback. Yeah, but than Dak Prescott. So I think I would take Lamar over Aaron Donald, and then you and then you have the Dak line. The line is Dak Prescott. I think I would. I might. You could convince me to take Aaron Donald over Dak Prescott. Because I mean that line. Because then the line is a lot lower than I thought it would be. Because I, I feel like Dak at times he is sniffing around top ten quarterback. Yeah, I think so. I think we put him in that we we were going through the Bears opponents. I think we put him in that like, yeah, okay, sure, he can be top ten. That's fine. I'll count him. It was like we named the guys. We named like Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, and then we were like, okay, and and Dak, I guess, is what we named. And so yeah, I think that that's the cutoff. I think I'd take Lamar Jackson over Donald, and then you could convince me to take Aaron Donald over Dak Prescott. The deal negotiated uh, by Donald's agent includes $65 million guaranteed the first two years of the contract, and uh, it's structured in a way that Donald can either retire or return for a 2024 season with an additional $30 million guaranteed. Uh, So Donald likely to play for the next couple of seasons. When we look at the all-time great defensive players, Donald's already in the mix. Um, This is from ESPN as well. Aaron Donald is one of three defensive players since 1970 in the merger to earn a Pro Bowl selection in each of their first eight NFL seasons, along with Hall of Famers Lawrence Taylor and Derek Thomas. Aaron Donald's a third. Taylor uh, was in the Pro Bowl 10 consecutive years to start his career. Mm -hmm. Derek Thomas was nine. When you think of the best all-time defensive players, that, that you can remember watching in the NFL. Aaron Donald's in the conversation for sure. Yeah. Some of the guys, you know, we're a bit younger than, say, those who were around watching football in the 70s, the 80s. Uh, I, I would say someone that comes to mind when you say the best overall defensive player, like Deion Sanders is a name that jumps out to me. Warren Sapp. Warren me. Sapp. Lawrence Taylor. We saw yeah. the end of his career when mm-hmm. we could really see it. Derek Thomas was great. Uh, Junior Seau is certainly a, a yeah. linebacker that I always call to, uh, think to when when I mm-hmm. think of the great. But Sap to me, because like players. when you look at Aaron Donald and you look at Sap, like the way that they're just like they're so jovial. Like remember, Sap would like jaw he would skip out of the and skip across the opponent's side yeah. to his side, and like he was just so jovial and always looked like he was having so much fun. And then the second the whistle blew, he was a monster. I feel like Donald's like that. I feel like he's such a nice guy. He's a big teddy bear. But as soon as the whistle blows, you're like, I don't want to be across the field from that guy. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. He's an absolute monster for sure. No doubt. I I would say uh, other great defensive players, uh, Charles Woodson, I'd put him down on the list. Mm -hmm. Ed Reed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ray Lewis. For sure. But if you're just talking about guys that get to the quarterback, you know what I mean? Like it's it, it's uh, it's Reggie White, it's Lawrence Taylor, it's Warren Sapp, it's Aaron Donald. Like well, it's those guys. Can you put Aaron Donald in the the all time greatest defensive player? So yeah, you need to are no. you you need to separate it? No, I don't think so. Chasing a quarterback no. and then those playing in the defensive backfield. I don't think so. I think he's probably the best of this era. I would say, the best yeah. defensive player of this era. 
Yeah. Which I, automatically puts you into the conversation of best of all time. I agree. I mean, I mean he, think he's got 98 sacks, six seasons with at least 10 sacks. Uh, the second most by a primary interior lineman since uh, sacks became official in 1982, trailing only John Randall, who had nine seasons. He's been an all-pro, first-time all-pro selection seven times. Mm-hmm. Uh, three defensive player, uh, defensive players of the, uh, oh, I already read that. Uh, the three defensive players that are in a Pro Bowl selection, their yeah. first eight seasons, Lawrence Taylor and Derek Thomas. Uh, defensive player of the year, he's won multiple times. Uh, let's see. Six seasons with at least 10 sacks. Mm-hmm. John Randall was really good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not taking anything away from John Randall. But, I mean, think about the way, how many times, I'd be interested to see how many times Aaron Donald sacked a quarterback and it was taken away as roughing. You know, oh, because, because of this era? Because of, of this era. It's completely different. Like, you could you could take a dude's head off back then and it, it wasn't roughing. Now... If you hit above a certain area, it's roughing. If you hit below a certain area, there's like a one-foot box where you can tackle a quarterback at this point now, and it's considered a sack. And I wonder how many times he's been taken away for a sack or something like that, or a QB hit or whatever stat has been taken away from him because they consider it roughing the passer. And don't push him down too hard. You can't do that. No, uh-uh. That's, that's the point. Is that how good could he be in a different era when he's when the rules were different and hitting wasn't as governed as much as it was against the quarterback? Yeah, Donald, the three time defensive player of the year. That that's yeah. pretty incredible, especially at age thirty one. Like mm-hmm. it you you just don't see that very often. Mm-mm. A guy who just dominates so quickly and then everyone accepts you. Know, like, yeah, that's absolutely the best guy in the NFL. Yeah. Do you, uh, where do you put uh, J.J. Watt in this conversation? I was just thinking about that. Because um, to me, he's like a step below. Yeah, I mean, he's up there, but he's definitely in that second. The problem is he just hasn't been himself the last few years. And I feel like Donald's not going to do that. Like, Donald, to me, seems like the kind of guy that as soon as he loses a step is going to be like, nah, you know what? This isn't for me anymore. I've made a ton of money. Whereas, like, J.J. Watt is out there, like, on half a leg trying to get trying just trying to play for as many teams as he can and just try or not as many teams for as many years as he can until he just isn't physically able to play anymore. JJ Watt uh won the defensive player of the year in 2012, 2014, 2015. Uh one of uh two current active players who won the award three times. How many I think does he have? let's see Ray Lewis won it twice. Reggie White won it twice. Uh, Sap won it once. What'd you ask? How many sacks? He's got 102 sacks. He had a 20 and a half sack season. He had two 20 and a half. He's had one, two, three, four, five double digit sack seasons uh, for JJ Watt. And Lawrence Taylor won it three times. So the yeah. three guys who won it three times, JJ Watt. Aaron Donald. Now, here, here's what's interesting. You look at the award, and you go back to 1971 when it was first announced to Alan Page from the Vikings, defensive tackle. Joe Green won it twice. Uh, Lawrence Taylor then obviously gets the three. Mm-hmm. Mike Singletary won it twice, 1985 and 1988. 
But besides that, you get a lot of uh, flavor, a lot of different names. Yeah. A, a different guy almost every year. And then as of late, you get J.J. Watt, 2012 to 2015, three times. And then Aaron Donald, three times from 2017 and 2022. Uh, 2020. So 2020, 18, 17 for Donald. So within the last, like, eight years, you've had two guys win it three times each. That's crazy. Stephon Gilmore was in between and Khalil Mack in between. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I guess, I, want, I guess my question would be, are people just settled on the idea that those are the top two best players, right? Like... You, you come into a season with an idea that that guy's the best guy, and then that's how people vote. Well, T.J. Watt was incredible. He won it last year, so definitely deserving. But, like, it feel, like it's just weird. Just look back. I mean, like, if Aaron Donald comes in this year and he only has five sacks, he's not winning it. You know what I mean? Like, there's not – he doesn't have to win it. True. But he's going to go in as the favorite, I would imagine. But, like, Deion Sanders, he was probably the best player, defensive player for m- – for more seasons than just 1994. Yeah. He only won it once. A lot of good, uh, good players on the list, obviously. A lot of good players. Oh, a lot of good players. Brian Erlacher won it in 2005. That's the only he time he won it. That he did. It was a good year. Bob Sanders. That's got to be like the most random name on the Bob list. Bob Sanders. Safety from the Colts. Yeah. How many safety? Uh, Troy Palomalo won it. He's a safety. Kenny Easley won it for the Seahawks in 84, safety. Dick Anderson from the Dolphins in 73 won it, safety. Hmm. Interesting. Something else I wanted to bring up to you real quick before we wrap up is that since all these OTAs are starting and mandatory camps are starting next week, there are two names that could interest people in Chicago. Debo Samuel showed up to minicamp even though he's still not happy with his deal. And DK Metcalf, Mm. also not showing up, but because he says he's rehabbing his injury, also not happy with his deal. Now that the dust has settled on free agency, we know how many uh, draft picks the Bears will have next season, all that kind of stuff. Do either of those names, if this progresses into training camp, could you see the Bears making, if they see what they want to see in progression from Justin Fields and think that they can make a run, do you think that they make a move for either of those guys before the season starts? So Debo, Debo is expected at Niners camp. Yeah, but he's not happy with his deal. Metcalf is not expected. But he's rehabbing his but he's injury. rehabbing. Yeah. I would say, like, I don't think Debo is going anywhere. I don't think so either. I think I think the Niners make him happy. He'll be there for the long haul. But the and, Seahawks and Trey Lance needs be someone. Good. No. So, like, DK should be moved. DK Metcalf is, is certainly, uh, if he's available, I, I would love that. I, I think he's a top 10 wide receiver. I, I think there's actually more of a, a ceiling for him to reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'd be a perfect pairing with a young quarterback like Fields. I mean, he's a guy, he's going to win matchups. He's a safety valve for your guy for sure. Like, you need to go after. I think they should. I mean, it's not going to co- is it going to cost you a first round pick? If it's not going to cost you a first-round pick, then why not trade a second and something for DK? Because if it's not going to be a first, then I'm fine with it. Like, if it's not going to... If you... Because you don't have to give him... You're going to give him a new deal, but you could probably set a majority of the money 
to take place next season when you have over $100 million in cap space. So why wouldn't you go out there and make a move that would help your quarterback progress this season and then you you backload the money to next, give him a signing bonus, whatever, that doesn't count against the cap, and then give him a majority of his contract next year when you have the free money. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's something they should they should definitely explore. I'm I'm with you on that, totally. And, and D, DJ Metcalf, I, I think would, I think it would put a lot of pieces on offense into the right spot. Yeah, you know, and Darnell Mooney be, immediately becomes your two slot wide receiver. Pringles your, your three. Pringles there's your three. Um, St. Brown could be you know a four yeah. or you know. Whatever you, you've got Felix there. Jones is your speedy guy that you can have take the top off if you, you need to. You got two good running backs. Hopefully Cole Komet takes the next step. Yeah. That that would that would solidify yes. the pieces. Yeah. And, and things would really make a lot of sense. I would love it. Depending on how healthy he's going to be, but by all accounts, he's going to be fully healthy once he's done rehabbing this injury. And if he's not happy, the Seahawks are going to be bad this year. You might as well make this trade. All right, so we're putting the stamp on it. Uh, we we both agree stamp. that would be a good trade. Good good trade. Go get, go get a good wide receiver. Good trade for the Bears. We're, we're saying blocking Abdallah here on the Bear Down Podcast. Pro DK Metcalf. D, DK Metcalf for the Bears would be a good trade. Yeah. If you're I going mean, to clip anything from this podcast, that's what you podcast. Well, we, because, think, we think that that would be a good move for the Bears. Like, let's forecast draft next season. We think they're going to be around a seven or eight win team. Yeah, that's, they'll be. That's going to be like what? Eleventh, thirteen, fourteen, maybe yeah, twelve. Sure. What are you getting there? What position are they? Are they wide receiver? Okay, so you're, just you're drafting so another wide trade, receiver. So fine, just trade your first round pick for DK Metcalf. I'm fine with that. You're tra- you're trading. Uh, you're drafting a wide receiver. In so that then spot. just trade from DK. What difference is it? I mean, you're getting a proven commodity, right? Yeah, I mean. You're also going to have all that cap space, so maybe they can go out and sign a, a wide receiver well, next offseason. Be disgruntled, you know that. Yeah, no doubt. He's twenty. He's going to be twenty-five when the, it, the during this season. His birthday's in December, so he's going to be twenty-five in the, like the middle of the season. He's young. Yeah, like that's a that would be a great move. I'll t- I give up a first-round pick for DK Metcalf. I will not fight you on that. There we go. Stamped. Approved. Check out the Bear Down <laughs> podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app. You already did that, right? That's why you're listening right now. Keep but also check it. out Black and Abdal weeknights, 6 to 8 on ESPN 1000. You can check out that podcast also on the ESPN Chicago app. We'll talk to you Thursday with another edition of the Bear Down podcast.